Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live from the St. James in Springfield. If you are in the area, come on by and say hello. We're near the hockey rinks today hanging out with all kinds of cool events going on today here at the St. James. Grant and Danny with you on the fan. Our buddy Logan Paulson, the longtime tight end in the NFL and in Washington with the Commanders before they were the Commanders, now part of some of their broadcast ops, joins us to break down Eric Bieniemy. He's on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter to beat the books. Download the BetQL app. Visit BetQL.com. Logan, how you been, buddy? I'm good. How are you, man? We're doing very well, buddy. So this Bieniemy news is exciting because he's been part of such an excellent program out there in Kansas City coming here to Washington. I know they can't bring Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and a great offensive line and all the other stuff. What can they bring from there to here? Well, I think what Eric Benby is going to bring is a guy who's very highly detailed and a guy that has been around Andy Reid and understands how to prep a game plan in the vision and style that Andy Reid has taught him. And I think that that's extremely valuable because when you look at offensive coordinators, the thing that's very challenging about cultivating an offensive, uh, you know, prepping for the week is the game plan, is putting that stuff together, is the film study, is the grind in the week, and he's done that. And, you know, I was privileged enough to play for Eric Bieniemy in 2005 at UCLA, and he is a very – he's a guy who's all about the details and all about the process. And I think, you know, bringing a person like that here with a fiery emotion is going to be very, very advantageous. And I also think one of the things when you watch Kansas City film – they know how to get the ball to their playmakers consistently and find easy touches for those guys. So that whole philosophical approach, I think, will be here. And I think Eric Bieniemy is capable of bringing that and installing that here. Logan, what do you know about assistance and their involvement? And what do you make of this whole idea that maybe Bieniemy's not that involved and maybe it's only Andy Reid, kind of that drawback against him? Yeah, I mean, from what I understand and talking with people that are familiar with the situation, like that is a little bit over uh, an overcharacterization. Like he helps cultivate the game plan. Is Andy Reid involved? Yes. It sounded much like to me in terms of the way it was described to me, like it was with Sean under Jay Gruden, right? It was Sean would do the game plans. He would do some stuff. Did Jay have, uh, you know, final say and absolute input? 100%. So I think that's kind of what you're dealing with. But what that teaches a young play caller like Sean McVay, for example, is it teaches them how to build a game plan, what's on third down, how to structure a practice week, all that kind of stuff. And the enemies had the opportunity, opportunity to learn from, quite frankly, one of the best, if not the best, offensive minds in all of football for the last five years and kind of see the minutia and the details of how to do it. And he's a very detail-oriented guy, so I, I know that is just 
become ingrained in his personality. And I think that's irrespective of his total responsibility. I think he's done enough there and learned enough there that he can get that implemented here. Logan Paulson with us here on Grant and Danny. What specifically, like line it up first down, like what specifically is the most different between what you think the enemy and that Reed tree, what they're going to run here, uh, even adapting to personnel versus what Scott Turner was doing? So I think when you look like play to play, like conceptually, it's very, very similar to what Scott was running here. And, you know, Andy Reid is kind of of that Air Coriel, of that Norv Turner ilk with a little bit more West Coast sprinkled in. What I do think on a play to play downtown basis they do a better job of is finding wrinkles and putting you in an advantageous position to express those wrinkles as a player. They also do a really good job of stacking plays. You know, we're going to run a tight zone to the left with a jet sweep action to the right. The next play, we're going to hand the just sweep off because the, the numbers were advantageous for us, right? They do a really good job of that stuff. And I think the other thing, like we talked about earlier, I mentioned earlier, is they find a way to speak to their skill set, speak, speak to who they have. And that's something that Scott didn't necessarily do the best job of, right? He's like, this is my system, execute my system. I think there's a little bit more flexibility, a little bit more kind of like, you know, we've got Terry McLaurin, we've got Jahan Dotson. How do we put those guys in good positions to be successful we know the offensive line struggling. Maybe we run the ball more um, on early downs, whatever that may be, more play action. So I do think you're going to see a system that is divergent from what Kansas City did in terms of play-to-play, but in terms of philosophical approach, I think you're going to see something that is exactly what this team needs, which is something that's adaptable, something that's innovative, something that finds players' touches and finds them easy touches and easy reads, especially for a young quarterback like Sam Howell. So I want to go into what you talk about with stacking plays, Logan. How does that fit versus, as you just mentioned, making sure that I can't have halves where Terry McLaurin gets like one target, which happened for weeks at a time, or you know, Dotson's not involved for a month or whatever it is. How do stacking plays sort of not contradict, but how do they work in concert? Or you know, how do you balance that with making sure all those stars get touches? I don't think there's anything that kind of, I think they support each other. You know, I think one, you know, like another example from the San Francisco game last year is they run a simple choice route to the left to Kelsey, right? They run a corner, they run a five yard out and they run like a spot concept on the backside. Great. However, what you're able to glean from watching that play is how wide the play side safety is playing. He attacks the corner in this really demonstrative play way, right? They're playing defensively. San Francisco's playing quarter, quarter halves, right? So the half field safety really matches the corner. The next play, the very next play in the sequence, they run a corner to hold that half field safety, and then they run a post in behind it. And obviously Patrick Mahomes has tremendous arm talent and is able to deliver the football there. But you see them stacking plays, getting touches to their playmakers while taking advantage of what the defense is giving them. And I think that is something that, again, will be interesting to see if the enemy can bring because it's been quite clear that um, Andy Reid is calling plays on game day. Uh, but I think that's something that hopefully the enemy has been able to learn from being around him for so long. Logan Paulson on Grant and Danny. We're live from the St. James today here on 106.7 The Fan. We think of the enemy as a pass-first guy because he was the OC in Kansas City when they were essentially pass-heavy, especially on early downs, and they were one of the great passing offenses in the league. Do you expect him to run the ball a whole lot more here based on either being away from Andy Reid, who's not really a run-heavy guy, or just because of the personnel? I think kind of it goes back to the personnel thing more than anything. Like, you know, you look at the teams, you know, we've talked about this before, you and I, 
teams that were struggling offensively this year with you know subpar quarterback play or young quarterback play, they tend to lean into running the football more, not because it's, it's more effective, but because it insulates the thrower. So I think you'll see more stuff like that, maybe more runs, because I do think it's important to acknowledge that while Kansas City doesn't run the football a whole bunch, they are very effective when they run the football. They understand how to scheme up running, uh, you know, advantageous running looks. All those things are very advantageous for them. But I do think that that um, understanding what they have, you know, screens, jet sweeps, bubble passes, RPOs, some of that, those wrinkles, those subtle wrinkles um, might be advantageous for a guy like Sam Howell. So, yeah, do I expect the offense to look a little bit different? 100%. Do I think they're going to run the football a little bit more if I was a betting man? I'd say yes. Um, but is that necessarily a bad thing? No, because I think when you look at good offense, look at San Francisco, for example, they run the ball a ton. They're almost 50% running the football, which is a very high percentage in the NFL, but they're one of the most effective offenses in the league because they understand when to take their shots, inflating the thrower. They're not predictable in terms of sequencing. It's not like we're running the football every first down. We're passing on first down. We're running on second down. We're throwing on third down. We're, We're mixing up the sequence to keep the defense offset to get first downs, to allow us to get deeper in our playbook and call more runs, which I think ultimately is what Ron wants. I think ultimately benefits Sam Howell. So Logan Paulson's here on GND. He's been watching the film and studying his Kansas City offense. Eric Bieniemy's coming to Washington. We're trying to figure out what this new uh, put-together unit's going to look like. Do you think Rivera just kind of sits back and watches? I mean, do you really believe that Ron is going to allow Bienemy to to be the guy? Because that was not always the case, as you probably know, with Scott Turner. Yeah, but I think obviously the situation with Scott Turner was a little bit different. I think there was a little bit of obviously friction in terms of offensive efficiency that Ron felt like he needed to be more involved. I think. If but but if that happens Bien-Aimé, again, like it's not easy to always move the ball. Will he be different not- this time? Um, well, my question to you is, like, does he need to be different? Does he need to be more hands-off? And I don't know. I think it's always good to, you know, in any, in any professional environment, have things that challenge conventions or challenge your expectations. And if you, as the coordinator or play caller, can stand up on the whiteboard and defend them to the head coach, then I think that's better. And I think EB is perfectly capable of defending himself and making valid justifications for why he's doing whatever he's doing. And at times, I felt like um, maybe that, same relationship wasn't cultivated between Ron and Scott in that same way. So I do think that, yeah, I think that's fine. If Ron wants to be involved, be involved. But you you know that um, from what I understand of people who know EB and from my limited time working with EB, he is a man of a very absolute vision and is going to defend what he believes. And I think um, that bodes well for, for, for a new newly installed offense. So, and Logan Paulson with us here on GND. So, I'm sure you saw LaShawn McCoy's comments, and he was talking about the, you know, the, the enemy that he knew in 2019. And my counterpoint to that is, you know, he was in that role for five years, and I'm sure his responsibilities grew. I'm sure more was put on his plate. And, you know, and he, as you kind of alluded to, he, he was intimately involved. How have you seen him grow and that offense kind of grow and change? I mean, the biggest way for me, Logan, is I thought they would take a huge step back without Tyreek Hill. Nope, they were the number one offense in the NFL again, which is just a, a testament to all those guys in that room. What was the biggest evolution you saw in those five years that Bianami, uh was the OC there? Well, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a kind of a complicated, nuanced question, something we could talk about for a long time. But I think in terms of the highest level thing we could talk about, I think it's just an ability to speak to your offensive strengths and your playmaker strengths. Obviously, when you have Tyreek Hill there, 
um, you understand the dynamic element of speed that he brings to the offense and how that opens up stuff for Travis Kelsey underneath. Um, you know, last year to this year, you say, oh, they're going to lose Tyreek Hill. I think they kind of understood what teams were doing to them, you know, in terms of this cover two structure. Now they're running the football a little bit more, attacking underneath against that cover two structure. Patrick Mahomes has become more patient. That takes coaching. That takes time. That takes an emphasis. And that takes a really smart offensive staff to kind of say, we're going to be one step ahead of what defenses are doing to us. And if this was effective, we're going to have a solution for it. So I think that's the thing that, again, gets me excited is you see innovative football that's challenging convention to a certain extent, right? Challenging expectation, challenging traditions. And that's always good. That's the way offensive football should be played. You're on the cutting edge. The game is designed to make you, uh, to give you the advantage, take those advantages and put the defenses in binds. And I think ultimately, like when you look at Kansas city and why they're so effective outside of having hall of fame football players on their team, it's innovative offensive play calling and innovative offensive philosophy. What do you make of the juxtaposition on Sam Howell over the span of a few days of a lot of people in the building not thinking he was ready to play, and then a few days after the season ends, the commanders get word out that he's the guy going into next year. As exciting an idea as that is, as much as I like trying to have a rookie quarterback contract on the books and and spending elsewhere, that is hard for me to wrap my head around how much – changed after 11 completions basically yeah and i and i get that and i understand um the kind of the the caution there and it's totally warranted and i think um you know with a young quarterback in that situation versus that defense i think understanding ron's perspective there becomes a little bit clearer right you say this is one of the best defenses in the nfl like how ready is he to go dallas is playing for something are we just throwing him to the wolves and so you know, after talking with guys on the team, you know, obviously changed that perspective. And I think Sam comes out and shows you some things that, from a tool standpoint, that get you very, very excited. You know, the quick release, I think, is the, the kind of the first among those things, the arm talent, the, the running ability. And you say, if we add two, three offensive linemen, if we play better defense next year, like this is a guy that we can win two to three more games with. And I don't think that is a totally unreasonable expectation you know are there pitfalls with that logic 1000 percent? but can you see if you squint and tilt your head what they're getting at there and i think you absolutely can so um with regards to the change i think you know 11 throws in a meaningful football game against a division rival are not insignificant would i like a larger sample size 1000 percent, i would but do i think that there are some things to get us excited about um, with regards to Sam Howell moving forward in the next year, given they can insulate him with good good players and along the offensive line specifically. Yeah, I, I can see that, and, um, and I'm cautiously optimistic that that's going to go the way they want it to go. Logan, if you had like a consulting session where they, they brought you in and you know the new staff was basically like, okay, tell us what Sam Howell needs to be most successful early on and then down the road. Right, like, how should we be building this kid for to be, you know, as good as he can be this year? But then keeping in mind also the maximum potential that he may have, you know, down the down the, you know, years from now to to be an honest to goodness franchise quarterback that you don't mind paying tens of millions of dollars to. So I think, um, you know, what I would say, and this is maybe not worth my consulting fee, as I'd say, look at what Philadelphia <laughs> did with Jalen Hurts. I would say, look at that. I'd say, look at what they were able to do there. They're able to build one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. 
surround him with excellent skill position players and play good, good, sound defense. They were able to develop a wrinkle offensively that elevates him and elevates the floor of that offense, specifically his running ability. Now, does it have to be the running ability for Sam Howell? No. Could it be the RPO game, potentially? Could it be select uh, quarterback design runs? Absolutely. Could it just be scrambles like it was for Daniel Jones? 100%. But I would say find that wrinkle for him, lean into that, find that offensive line, build this roster out so you feel really good about where you're at, and then there's no reason for him not to be successful. And if he's not, then you have your answer moving into 2024. And I know that's not necessarily what this staff wants to hear or needs to hear, but that would be my consultation advice. Build the roster to the best of your ability, get the best football players around him, find that wrinkle, which I think this offensive staff is capable of doing, and win some football games that you shouldn't win this year because of this wrinkle you've discovered and the better roster as a whole. You know, So I think that's kind of what I would say. And I think um, – you know, Philadelphia ran that to a T, and, and look what happened for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, worked out pretty well for them. He's Logan Paulson. A couple of moments left here on G&D. Uh, real quick, I want to go over to the defensive side of the ball and hit a couple of big items. Deron Payne, there was a report yesterday from Pro Football Talk that he's 99.9% likely to get the franchise tag, which I guess means Florio is saying the team doesn't expect to sign him to a long-term deal. We had a cap expert on from PFF named Brad Spielberger a couple weeks ago. He suggested to us that Payne is probably going to get something like four years and $80 million on the open yeah. market. Would you pay him that long-term deal off of kind of one monster season unlike the rest of his career? Would you rather tag him and see what happens? Well, first off, I'd like to just say I think Payne deserves to get paid as much money as he possibly can get paid by the NFL. So whether that's with, with Washington here or with some other team, I'd like to see that happen for him. Now, that being said, putting my GM cap on, I think that number is a little bit too steep for me given one year of production. Now, do I think Payne is an outstanding football player? I 1,000% think he's an outstanding football player. Do I think he will be able to have 11 and a half sacks next year? I do not. I think that's a very high variance statistic, especially for an interior defensive lineman. And I'll be very reluctant to do that. Now, franchise tag seems the right thing to do. What I really think is the best case for all parties is to franchise tag and then trade Deron Payne. And then he will get a new deal with the new team. Atlanta Falcons have some of the most cap space in the NFL. The Chicago Bears also have a ton of cap space. Those two teams would be perfect candidates. Trust your process. You drafted a guy in the second round last year. You have a nice young rookie player in Ridgeway that can fill out the depth. Then you could use some of that cap space to fill out this roster, You know, hunt for maybe a, um, a free agent offensive lineman, something like that. But, yes, um, I, I do think that number for Payne seems about right. You know, $20 million a year for, for an interior defensive lineman with that kind of production seems right. Do I think this team can afford it? Probably not. Um, and so that leaves you with the franchise tag because you don't want to let them walk out the door for nothing. What could they get in a trade? So I've been kicking that around. I've talked to a couple people, like some people, some crazy people, have said that you can get a first-round pick for him this year and, you know, the, the team would pick up his contract, kind of like the A.J. Brown deal from last year, which seems a little bit steep to me. But yeah, I don't not see outside. that not outside the realm of possibility. And if that is an offer and if that is something that comes up, I think you have to grab that with both hands. Um, you know, maybe a second and third this year. That's the type of thing that I'm thinking about. Um, but, yeah, if someone offers you a first form, I think you say, yes, please, thank you. Yeah, where can, where then, can I sign up? <laughs> yeah, right. And then, uh, and then make that decision to move on. But, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if, if they're even open to trade offers. Um, I think they should be. And given the right price, um, I think they should look really long and hard at that. 
Logan, awesome with us as always, but now GM Hat Logan Paulson is swinging trades off of franchise tags. That entitles you to a second serving of vegetables. <laughs> so grab some leeks, and you may have a full plate of Swiss chard, my friend, for your hit today. Great job. Dude, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Um, you're always fun talking to you, boys. Logan Paulson. Thank you, pal. you see why we love having him on. Our double plays at 345, what's going on in our lives. Nothing to do with sports. We got the Blitz at 4 o'clock. He just floated the idea of possibly tagging and then trading yeah. Deron Payne. What might they be able to get for Payne? Let's get into that next. We're Grant and Danny. You are listening to The Fan. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. On site at the St. James, out and about today, the show is on the road. We're Grant and Danny. We're at the St. James because the Premier Lacrosse League is hosting a tournament out here, 2023 Championship Series today through Sunday at the St. James in Springfield, Virginia. All the games set to be broadcast on ESPN platforms. The thing that does amaze me most is we're watching some high school hockey. We just saw a youth lacrosse team walk through. It's just the middle of the day. Middle of the day. And all these kids are here playing sports. Well, I'm telling you, th- on a this weekday. Is, this I mean, is the travel sports universe, man. It, it has taken school, over everything. Where is school? You, you were what not, is happening listen, about school? No, no, no. See, you're misunderstanding me. Advocate, I, I'm not advocating for it. I'm simply saying this is what's happening. The travel sports universe governs all things. You see the parents carrying, like, an extra lacrosse stick and, a, and like, their kid's jacket and, like, four other items with an iced coffee just trudging along because it's, it's the 10th tournament this week. Like, this is the world, man. This is what's happening with youth sports all over. It's amazing. So I, yeah. it's a great opportunity. I was just talking to one of the parents, and this uh, lacrosse team, these kids are going to be playing – I think at halftime of one of the, the lacrosse the, the tournaments. Big t- the big guy the, games, the yeah. PLL. These are the best teams in the PLL. It's like that's amazing, and I get it. But it, it, I, I'm just always amazed, like, middle of the day. Yeah, I know. I, if I would have told my parents I wanted to skip one day of school so I could go play anything, they would have yelled at me and told me to go away. After I signed my letter of intent and was done, like with, with the whole college admissions process as a senior in high school, the Orioles were in the postseason against the Cleveland Indians. I got tickets to go to that, uh, I think it was game two, but it was like a fight and an argument for me to use one of my cuts. I was allowed to cut a class. I was entitled to that as a senior. So I was going to use a cut on my second to last period of the day, and because I was free the last period, drive up to Baltimore to go to the playoff game. 
you would have thought I was trying to smuggle plutonium <laughs> out of like a fortress. It, they, they treated it like like I was committing a capital crime, and I was like, like what what do you need in exchange? Like what's the what, what is the problem here? And I wasn't breaking any rules, by the way. And I was already into school. Like the whole point of school is to get to the next school. I was in. I, I my scholarship was done. It was over. I have accomplished the goal. We have landed on Plymouth Rock, mom and dad. Please let me go. Now it's like. All right, so Timmy has a tournament. It starts at 9.30 a.m. and runs until March. You know what I mean? Like, okay, no problem. Just miss more school. <laughs> the other amazing thing about today is how giant the two hockey teams are Just, that are representing yeah, the high school level on the ice right now, DeMatha and Gonzaga. Just looks like the Caps are playing the, the, the Hurricanes again Seriously. in an outdoor game. I mean, it's just a bunch of dudes skating around who are six-something. Just playing high school hockey. I'm just 5'8 me sitting over here wondering what that must be like. <laughs> that looks fun. Look how fast good, those guys are. Good for you guys just skating around with all your talent and your skill. I'm in, I'm in no way uh, showing any animosity over here right. about your, your 6-2 uh, frame and hockey skills. Our situations are very relatable. Very con, yeah, comparable situations, I would say. Uh, double play coming up at 345 on Grant and Danny. So Logan Paulson just joined us, and he added a little bit of wrinkle into the Duran Payne convo you and I have had off and on and uh -huh. plan on having later today, which is there's news on him. Okay, yesterday Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk said he's getting the franchise tag. Said 99% chance he's getting tagged, not a long-term deal with Washington. That's a big deal. Florio is ultra-plugged in like a microwave. I think Ben Standing locally, who's been like the pain whisperer, he's obviously gotten in with Payne's camp as well, You know, has been all over any pain news over the last couple of years. He's also suggesting this is headed toward a franchise tag. But the combo is going to be pay that man his money or tag him. Do you give him $20 million a year, which teams like the Bears and the Falcons, among others, are going to be interested in paying him if he hits the market? Or would you rather just tag him, keep him around for one more season? Of those two options, I'm a franchise tag over pay him guy. And this is coming from someone. I might, I think, surprise people by saying that. I am anti-franchise tag. I think it's bad business largely. When you're not on the precipice of winning a title, like the Chiefs should use the franchise tag and keep guys around for right. one last ride. Teams that have a chance to win this year should use the tag. Teams like Washington aren't on the verge, the precipice of winning anything significant, in my opinion. The tag is a bad idea. It's, it's just a, a bridge to nowhere, so to speak. But in this case, I think it's much better than paying him what you'd have to pay him. His last season of this rookie deal that he just had, his fourth of what would be uh, – his fifth, I should say, of what would have been a five-year deal when they picked up the option, was incredible. But he never played at that level before that. He's shown nothing in four years, as good as he was. He was really, really good. Like last season, that was the whole new version of Deron Payne. And you're paying off of a career year. That's always a bad idea. So for that reason, I would tag him. But I am of the belief that trading him actually does make a lot of sense. And I haven't, until Logan Paulson said it today, heard this idea of tagging him and trading him. I think it's a fantastic idea. A real GM who was concerned not just about his own future, but for the long-term health and betterment of the franchise, would consider such a thing. Now, if you can't do better than the compensatory pick that you'll get when you lose him, then you don't make the trade. You enjoy the final year, and, and, and you know, therein lies the deal. You franchise tag him, et cetera. But that's not what this regime is going to do. 
this regime is concerned about this regime, right? They, they don't get to do the luxury of thinking about the future. They're thinking about this year and how to maximize, and that means you want Deron Payne on the field. You don't want some sort of future draft pick to, to help you out or otherwise. You need Deron Payne. So they're going to franchise tag him. I think that's 99% likely. I would be stunned if they traded him. I'd be even more stunned, frankly, if they were able to sign him to a long-term deal. I just I don't see it. Maybe I'm crazy on that front, but it seems to me the franchise tag is the, the inevitable train track that we're on here. I'm actually on the record saying I, I would pay him. Everything that you said about a, a career year is 100% correct. I think also the other possibility, I think that's what's happened here, is real growth you finally saw him sort of settle in and do some of the things that they always talked about him being able to do. I think he was asked to be more of a space eater at first and take on double teams and, you know, kind of, you know, maintain leverage in whatever gap to make sure a linebacker could run free. Well, I think he worked on pass moves. I think he worked on his ability to, to penetrate and wreak havoc, and you saw it manifest itself. He jumped up to 15 quarterback hits in 2021, double more than he had at previously at any point in his career, and that number jumped to 20 this year. So it's not as if... It's out of nowhere that he was getting after the passer a little bit. He had kind of the year that John Allen had a few years ago before Allen broke out and became a Pro Bowl-type player, right, where the quarterback hits lined up, some of the, the pressures and, uh, you know, th- those hurries and some of those totals belied how few uh, sacks he had. You run that simulation again, you go, hey, this there actually is something here in terms of pass rush and the ability to take over some possessions here and there. The sack total this year was astronomical, but yeah. as Logan said, it's a bit of an outlier. Now, the sack total is problematic in that it's it's hard to predict. It's, yes. it's, it, it's not linear. You can have 11.5, then 6.5, then 8.5. I care about the process. And as you said, quarterback hits, he had 20 in his first three years in the league. 20. John Allen in his first three years in the league had over 30, just as a comp, right? Mm-hmm. Over the last three seasons now, Deron Payne, has had 43 quarterback hits, whereas Allen's had well over 60. Like, there is no comparing That's right. who the better player is at the position, in my opinion, and you're going to be paying pain more than you pay John Allen. That normally just doesn't sit well when the guy with the CU gives the speech who does everything the right way, who you've deemed is your leader because he does all the stuff you've been asking pain to do over the years, now doesn't make as much as him. I'm not paying him $20 million a year. I just can't do it. Uh, it's not because I'm, I'm choosing Montez Sweat or Chase Young over him or anything like that. But while I'm unlikely to pay Chase Young, I do think I'm probably going to pay Montez Sweat. It has a lot to do with the fact that I've already paid John Allen. And I'm just – Danny, I'm not committing almost $40 bucks to the D-tackle position. I get it. I, I get just it. can't do that. I, well, I fully understand. And it's I mean, way more important as a position than it used to be, and everyone talks about how – Pressure from the interior is a big deal, and I agree. I'll find a way to get some pressure cheaper. It's it's important to have, but that's it's just too much money. I hear you. I, that that is it's one of those things where I I can I can tough I can talk tough, and then when it comes to rubber meet the road time, it's okay. You're ready to commit twenty million a year for however, and I'm going. Oh man, that's well, that's a big total. So let me I understand ask you this it. though. Yeah. So your your team pay him right, uh-huh. but for Logan and I's side, this tag and trade idea. And for those of you that, that are thinking, well, can you really pull that off? I mean, there is a history of tag and trades. You go back to Yannick Ngakwe from the Jaguars to the Vikings and Jadevion Clowney, you know, who got tagged and traded. Frank Clark, uh, D. Ford, Jarvis Landry. I mean, there's a long, long list of these guys over the years. If they get offered a two and a three for Deron Payne, you're turning that down? I'm not. They will. No, 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 but, but you're paying him, in other words. 
So what I'm asking is, would you rather pay him than a two and a three and, and he's gone? I would take a two and a three. Okay. Yeah, I would love that. I, I don't think my, – my point is this regime, I'm, I'm now – But, you, but you're assuming the Marty party. they won't – if I told you they're willing to trade him after tagging him, would you feel any different about the tag versus the long-term deal? Say it one more time. So if, they, if, if I find out they're willing to, to think so, big picture long-term – Right, you, you can't pay him and then trade him necessarily. Right. Right? Someone else is going to pay him. I don't think a first-round pick, Logan floated that idea, is something he's heard – like if that happens. I, I don't think that's realistic, right. and I think everyone would, would obviously trade him for a first-round pick. But a two and a four, let's say. Mm-hmm. Let's just make it that. I would do that in a heartbeat. I would too. But you've already paid him, and now you can't. Does that make any sense? Well, sure. I, I mean, I'd obviously try to but, explore the trade market well, first. But they, that's, that's the job. That's what they're doing now. Let's uh-huh. say they know. Atlanta tried to trade for him before. I know that. There are other teams maybe that did as well. I'm not sure. But let's just say they know they can get a two and something else for Deron Payne if they tag him and trade him. Would you do that or would you pay him? Trade him. Okay. So you're saying pay him because you're afraid they would just tag him, keep him for one year, and then he walks. Yes. Because the things that I would like the most, and again, I would have missed out on this year. I would have already traded him coming into this offseason. I would have signed Tim Settle. Uh, I, maybe I draft Federian Mathis still. Maybe, I probably don't, to be honest with you, because, again, it's about team building. So, so then to clarify, you don't want to pay him. You want to trade him is what you're saying. That, that would be the best case for me is, is to trade him. Second best case would be to pay him and have a nice you know, advantage over most of my opponents. Third, and it's not a terrible solution, is to franchise tag him. To me, the franchise tag for in normal circumstances, I, I'm with you, it's a bridge to nowhere. For this group, it's – Yep, we're kind of in the twilight of our big turnaround that hasn't really happened yet, and we're desperate. We can't afford to lose him. So we also don't want to commit to a, a huge contract, so we'll franchise tag him. I, I'm, I'm not going to like pick what I want to do based on what I think they're going to do, in other words. I think the best practices in order here are to trade Deron Payne, which is what I would have done last year, to franchise tag him and let him walk after the season and get a comp pick, and then the last thing would be to pay him a lot of money to stay here for a long time. And by the way, all three of those things, you can get a good result. Yeah, no, nothing's you know, to, they're, they're if, all good options because you have a really good player. Exactly. If yes. the worst case is you've paid a ton of money for Deron Payne to stay and now he's just awesome, great. Mm-hmm. I guess there is an outcome where you pay him and he regresses back to what he was two years ago, where instead of the 11 and a half sacks and 20 quarterback hits – you know, now it's four sacks and, and seven quarterback hits or something yep. like that. Yeah. And now you're paying $20 million for $6.5 million production. For middle of the whatever. road, you know, de- stable defensive tackle that you probably could have promoted Mathis or, or, or something else like that. I want to get into pain with our listeners uh, later in the show and, and let them weigh in on what they'd like to see done. Uh, we could do that coming up on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Next, our double play, what's going on in our lives. Nothing to do with sports, and at 4 o'clock, our Beltway Blitz, we're going to have nicked out of the Capitals on the Blitz today right here on GND, on the fan, live from the St. James. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
<sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. For our double play. What's going on in our lives? Nothing to do with sports. Let's get to it. Daniel, you lead us off. Episode 6 of The Last of Us in the books, GP. The show continues to kick all kinds of buttocks. Uh, I actually found episode six to be the weakest of the season so far. It's still wildly entertaining. It's still so, so good. But we get a little bit more development here with um, uh, Joel and Ellie, kind of a crossroads for them. Before I go on, have you seen episode six yet, my friend? You probably haven't. You've had the craziest weekend in the history of mankind. I've not seen episode six, but it gets worse. I haven't seen episode five yet either. Oh, no. I'm doing the thing that you hate. Yeah, where where you fall off. I fall behind a little bit. But then my urgency to get back on the pa- you know on the uh, surfboard, uh-huh. it's it's not really there right now. I've got full swing, which I'm all the way in on, so okay. I've been prioritizing that. Like last night, I could have watched The Last of Us. I watched two full swings, Netflix documentary about the PGA Tour. I hear. I'm not mad at you. I will tell you though, episode five is if you are into big budget spectacle, which I know my guy Grant Paulson is. I've been known to like that. That's your episode. Right, so in uh, in Game of Thrones, it was always episode nine of like the early seasons where they would stage the big giant, you know, blow ninety percent of your budget on uh, you know a thousand extras and battles and explosions and everything else. Episode five is heart pounding action from about two minutes in all the way to the very end. Again, no spoilers here. Episode six though changed dramatically from game to screen, and again, I'm not complaining. It just sort of happened that way. It's very interesting to watch something like this, where you've already kind of experienced it in a very different art form, knowing full well that it would play great on a TV show, like this, a serial show, as opposed to a movie. But the development and the arcs and the different conflicts that you could sort of see happening and some of the beats that are in during the game or with gameplay where you're fighting these, um, you know, the, the clickers, the runners, the, 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 the puffers, the exploders, and everything else, dealing with some of the rogue gangs and things, it's now really a character show uh, at this point for, for Joel and Ellie. I thought it was good, but I preferred the game version better. And I know that sounds like the guy that goes to the movie goes, the book was better. No book has ever been better than the movie, by the way. Movies are so much better How than How many books. people are watching this show now? So the, I the number's dying off a little bit? I, could, I don't – well, because you have the holiday weekend, which was weird, so they put it on a Friday instead of the Sunday night. 
um, and then, or with the Super Bowl, then you have a holiday weekend. So I actually haven't seen numbers for this one. But usually within the first 24 hours, they get the 7 or $8 million on, which is live or live is it adjacent. still a smash? Yeah, and then people and then aren't in talking the, in about it really anymore. Yeah, so first these, few weeks everyone was talking about it. I just wonder as you're using all these industry terms, these clickers and whatever else you're saying. Like, how many people in their car think you're speaking a different language? How many people are all in? Are people still enjoying the program? Yes, by the tens of millions in mass. Yeah. So okay. again, I, I haven't seen full numbers for this uh, past couple episodes, but again. Super Bowl Sunday was going to have episode five. Obviously, it's not, you're not going against the Super Bowl, so they put it on a Friday, which probably hurt them. Then you get President's Day weekend this past weekend, which also probably hurt things uh, as well for them. But throughout the week, they're usually getting upper 20s in terms of millions of folks checking out each episode. The last few seconds of episode four were really good, and I was like, can't wait for episode five. Uh-huh. And then something happened. Life just started getting in the way, and I haven't watched episode five, but I have not found myself going, oh, i got to catch up. And I know that you hate this about me, that I, I'll start these shows, I'll be loving them, and the next thing you know, months go by, and I just never got back to them. So I'm going to try to make sure that doesn't happen. But I can't promise you anything. Uh, speaking of shows, Toby, hit that sounder again. It is time for my double play. How about this announcement today from Netflix? Announcing Quarterback. The show is called Quarterback. Uh-huh. A docu-series following the entire 2022 NFL season through the eyes of Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, and Kirk Cousins. Three quarterbacks in the NFL. They're going to follow the entire league through their eyes. They'll be at home with them, with their families, I guess. They'll be, I don't know what kind of access they got, but it looks like they're in the locker room. These guys are mic'd up all the time. Unprecedented access, Netflix says. And for the first time ever, players are mic'd up every game. Premieres this summer. Danny, I love these Netflix shows. You talk about this. You're, you're yes. also a big fan. The quarterback one uh, show where they follow around high school prospects and it's they're like so waking good. up and brushing their teeth and it's dark out as they get ready to go to their senior year practice and it's Justin Fields in Georgia or Jake Fromm or you know Sam Hartman who just transferred to Notre uh-huh. Dame from Wake Forest, right? That show's a 10 out of 10. Uh, Last Chance You is as must-see as there is content uh, available to us at this point on any streaming platform. We've been talking about Drive to Survive. I think I got you to watch that finally. Mm. Full Swing, the PGA Tour show. Now we're going to dabble into the NFL guy? My favorite thing, the drug that I'm addicted to that I can't get enough of, that I drive miles and miles and crawl across, army crawl across parking lots just to have shot into my arm? We're, we're going to have the NFL on a Netflix show? Come Is on. that what you're telling me? Come on. Let's go. Thank you to whoever's responsible. Quarterback. Whoever, whoever said, let's do this, money. Start shooting money at them through a giant money shooting machine. How about I, a money shooting gun? I, 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 bigger. Cannon. You know, you know the things, remember in Logan Lucky when they got like the, 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 the vacuum tubes and they're sucking up all the money, they're siphoning it all and putting them in trash bags? Casually an incredible reference. It's a, thank you. It's a, it was during our movie club, during a height of pandemic. Someone loses an arm in it, I think. Well, uh, what's the what's Someone the has a name? fake arm. Yeah, he, the whole time he's got a fake arm. I, I talk well, he like didn't this. just get a fake arm all of a sudden. Like he has one, and then he loses it in the machine and gets sucked up. I forgot, I'm blanking on the actor's name. He played Kylo Ren in Star Wars, for God's sakes. But he's, he, his, his accent. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. First of all, great Adam Driver pull. Thank you. But he's got We're a voice doing good like this the whole movie, and he's very understated, and he has one arm. Anyway. Daniel Craig's got a southern accent, too, which is funny. But 
they have like these things where they're where they're at the Charlotte Motor Speedway and they're robbing these guys and they're using like the vacuum tubes, right? And they just siphon all the money from a cash reserve for the entire place for like 70,000 people and they're shooting all the money and they put it in trash bags. I want to funnel the trash bags full of money from Logan Lucky to the people that made up this show. Do this. Bring it to me immediately. What do you think of the choices here? So we got Mahomes, no-brainer, best quarterback in the league. Yep. Kirk season. Now Kirk, a uh, little bit of a lightning rod, obviously, because, Uh-oh. you know, he's not uh, – he doesn't run around and he doesn't run a 4-2. He just puts up 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns every year, and people hate him for some reason. But <clears throat> that he's an interesting choice, I would say, because he's, he's not going out and about. He's not going to the club. He's not hanging out. He's kind of chilling with his kids and his wife and – Going to and from work in a minivan, you know? <laughs> so that'll be interesting, I guess. But then Mariota's really, really peculiar because you got Mahomes, who's the best quarterback in the league, Cousins, who's kind of been a household name, made a lot of money, put up huge numbers, and been a successful QB for uh, all better part of a decade now. Uh, and Mariota was a backup turned starter who was just kind of hanging on. And what's fascinating about that is your boy Marcus Mariota got benched and left the team at the end of the season. Is that going to be on that show? It better be. And that's why I love it. Because okay. they're doing the same formula as QB1, right? You got Justin Fields at the top. Then you get the kid that gets benched for, you know, somebody else at, at the other end, right? True. Then you get the kid that's like mid-level, barely a Division One recruit, probably more like a Division Two that like hurts his knee. I want all of that stuff. I want all of it. You got best in the game, Pat Mahomes. You got, you know, whatever you want to call it, Kirk, but sort of like an upper mid-level Marty, right? Like you I, I want call him, him a, a- 10 to 12 quarterback yeah, so, in the league. You know, so that's the French right range. Top 10. That's the right range there. And then I want Journeyman Jerry, who's like trying to hang on and trying to like assert himself. And then I want to see what happens when the plug gets pulled. And they're like, no more you. We'd like to go with the kid because we stink. I want all of it. And he leaves the team. And he leaves the team. I wonder if he's mic'd up when he left the team. I wonder if he's got any editorials from the parking lot or the drive home or what he's talking about on the phone with his agent after he leaves the team. I can give. I tell you, a guy with two thumbs who's going to be able to let you know. It's about three hours after that show comes out, this guy. Put it yourself. This guy. It's Grant. He met him. Quarterback on Netflix. Beltway Blitz comes your way next on G and D Live from the St. James today. You are locked into the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.